If you don't know, it's not an accident why you're here tonight. Um, God has a plan for each and every one of us. He has a tailor-made assignment for every young man, middle-aged man, and older man in this room. As a matter of fact, none of us are exempt from doing the work of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy, your love. We rely totally on you, your Holy Spirit. We pray, O oh God, that you would fill this place, fill us up afresh, Lord. Let our cup run over. Lord, we need you. We need a word from you, from our sponsor, as Pastor Darrell would say. We need to hear the word of God. There are some who are hurting. There are some who are frustrated. There are some who are stressed. But we need your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our pathway. We thank you, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that you would increase as I decrease. Hide me behind this sacred desk that they see all of you and none of me. We pray, O oh God, that you convict the heart, change the heart of mankind. To serve the risen Savior. We thank you, O oh God, for what you're going to do and have already and already is doing in the lives of us, your people. Help us to be here and doers of your word. Bless Pastor Jim, Lord. Touch his knee, touch his surgery, whenever that is. We ask, O oh God, that you would, we hold the, the man of God. We lift him up to you, Father. Pray for our senior pastor. We pray for every man of God. In this church, we pray for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. We pray for the body of Christ locally and collectively around the world. Lord, stir our hearts to be about our father's business. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. For those who may not know, it was... 1944 when General Eisenhower he gives a speech on D-Day as they stormed the beach of Normandy those collective countries that were there present they were no doubt on the doorsteps of the enemy with one thing in mind to win the battle the reason why I bring that up is because just like on that day when they stood against Nazi Germany, those who have oppressed those who were no doubt God's chosen people came as God's instrument to carry out God's judgment on evil, wickedness and ungodliness. We're living in a day an age that we need men like on D-Day to stand for the Lord. I'm glad you came out because if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, 58. We're going to be jumping around from old to new or new to old in the Bible. Let me make my point clear. And it reads, 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I still hear pages turning, which is a, a great thing. That means somebody brought their Bibles to church. Amen. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Today, I want to lift up the subject. Do not lose ground. Do not lose ground. The word steadfast simply means to be seated morally, and it speaks of a fixity, to be fixed, to stand. The word unmovable speaks of our firmness, to be firm. The word always means that every season and on all occasions, We do nothing but this, stand. And then the word abounding means to increase or exceed. We are to be seated firmly in all seasons and increase in the work of the Lord. Let me read that verse again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labor is not in vain. We are serving a risen Savior. We are serving God with a purpose. The purpose is this, my brothers, to give God glory. You know, it pleases God when we wake up in the morning with him on our minds. It pleases the Lord when we decide to not be lazy, but to lay prostrate before the Lord in our closets. It pleases the Lord when we still away and open the book so we can hear the voice of the Lord. What am I saying, brothers? I'm saying the way we fight the enemy that we cannot see is to take a stand in the Lord. You know, many of us throughout the body of Christ are losing ground in so many areas. And the reason why we're losing ground, it actually can be found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 15. Let's turn there with me, brothers. We're going to walk the text. Exodus chapter 17. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Exodus chapter 17, starting at verse 8. If you don't know where that's at, it's Genesis, Exodus. That's where you'll find it. Amen. And it reads, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill 
And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let them let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name. The Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, here is the key in this Old Testament passage of Scripture that is so familiar that gives us insight how we can definitely have victory in not losing ground. I don't know about you, but we are fighting a battle. We are in a warfare every day as the Lord will permit or allow us to be. The reason why God allows the, the church to encounter spiritual warfare is in order to exercise our faith and trust in him. Many of us don't on a regular basis exercise at the gym. The reason why we don't is because we choose not to. Well, when you think about exercise, whether you do it at the gym or on the playground, it's beneficial. Amen. God uses warfare, spiritual warfare, to exercise our spiritual muscles in order to help us to grow and to become men of valor. But the battle starts where? It doesn't start on the battlefield. It starts right here in our minds and in our hearts. Are you ready to fight for the Lord? I'm going to ask that question. Are you ready? Are we ready Amen. to fight for the Lord? Amen. We're living in a day where they think transgender is all right. We're living in a day that homosexuality, shacking up, sinning, drunkenness, and all kind of orgies is, permiss is permitted. It's a shame. Our leadership in our country is against God. When you look on, when you turn on the TV, no matter what anime cartoon you watch, it's anti-God. It's full of sex, nudity, and perversion that God does not want us as men of God to live by. Amen. What am I saying? I'm saying if we are going to fight for the Lord and not lose ground from the enemy, we have to make a decision to serve and follow God. Here in the text, you still have your Bibles open, right? I'm going to give you three points. Number one, we must stand with God. That's found in verse nine. Number two, we must sit on the stone. That's found in verse 12. And number three, 
We must be supported by other men of God. Do you hear me? And that's found in verse 12. Notice, if you will. Let's walk the text. Joshua is headed for battle. And look at verse 10, if you will. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. Notice the preparation. Verse 8, it says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some women. Do your Bible say that? <laughs> do, your Bible, I, 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 do your Bible say that? It said, Choose us some women. No. It says, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Let me ask you men. Are you willing to go out and fight? Let me bring it on your street, on your road, in your seat. Are you willing to fight for your families? Are you willing to fight for your sons, your daughters? Are you willing to fight for those who do not know the Lord yet? Well, if you're willing to fight, we should be willing to study God's word. Now, if the shoe fit, then wear it. If you haven't studied or read God's word today, you just lied by saying you're willing to fight. Ouch. Amen. Now, but God has a re- he has a great plan. We can all repent. Right. So for, for us who are willing to fight for the Lord. We need to make up in our mind if we're going to serve the Lord. I'm encouraging us to study the word every day. Not for me, not for you, but for God's glory. For God's glory. Joshua, as we see, he chose some men and he went out to fight. Let's stop right there. How many of us have exchanged numbers with someone that's not in your five five or your clique in this room who also have chosen to fight? Why do I say that? The reason why I say that is, amen. The reason why I say that is because we need to tear down the walls of division. Amen. We come to church, we have our little clique, we speak to who we want to speak to, but we really need to start checking on one another. Amen. All of us, me included. Amen. We all can do a better job picking up the phone. It shouldn't always be the pastor. It shouldn't always be the brother that always call you. We need to call those brothers that normally call us. We need to call them and say, brother, let me pray for you this morning. The Lord put you on my mind. The Lord put you on my heart. 
Joshua chose some men to go out and fight. Now, these men were battle ready. Are you battle ready? The Bible says, verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. Here's the men of God giving instruction to his soon to be predecessor, but he's humble enough to obey the, man, the, the word of God through the man of God. How many times have Pastor Jim <clears throat> encouraged us to study our Bibles? All the time. And how many of us have actually listened to Pastor Jim? I want to encourage us. When the man of God speaks and we know it's the Lord talking to us, we need to be like Joshua and obey the voice of the Lord. I don't care who's behind the person. Pulpit. I don't care about personality, whether you for Paul or for or for Apollos or for Jesus. You need to be about that word. We need to be about what God has said or spoken through whoever he's spoken through. It could be a young man. It could be a young lady. When God speaks, are we willing to obey? We see in the text that Joshua obeys what Moses has commanded him to do. He didn't notice he didn't go by himself. He brought other men with him. Godly men. How many of us are discipling someone and bringing them along to the fight? I'm in the text. I'm, I'm, it's right there. Amen. Let's keep walking. Verse nine. It says. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some men, go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now, point number one, we must be willing to stand with God. That's point number one. We must be willing to stand with God. Notice what Moses has that's evident that he's standing with God. I'm showing you. What does he have in his hand? The rod. You do know, you know, we got the New Testament, right? And the Old Testament. So we can see a whole bigger picture than those of the Old Testament. You do know that Jesus is the good shepherd. You do know that Jesus, with his rod, he guides us corrects us, and protects us. Moses has the rod that he uses, that he used in so many occasions to testify of the Lord. The rod turned into a snake at times. The rod allowed water to come gushing out of the rock. He used the rod to curse the land of Egypt. You're either going to be blessed by the rod or cursed by the rod. The only way you can receive the blessing from the rod, it has to be in your hand. 
What am I saying? Moses obeys the Lord, takes the rod. Why? Because the rod represents the word from the Lord. We have the rod with us every day. The book, the word of God. If we are to not lose ground, we must take the rod, the word of God, in where? In our hand. In our hand. How can we labor for the Lord if we don't have? Okay, I'm in the Bible. Nehemiah, they're building a wall. The Bible says that they got what? Swords in hand. And what else do they have in the hand? Shields. Sword and plows. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than, two, than any two-edged sword. This is what we fight with, with, with the sword. But we do the work with what? With the plow. It's a great picture because it shows not only should we fight, but we should also labor. We should labor. So we stand with God. Moses, he stood with God. We have to decide every day. We have to crucify our flesh. We have to repent of sin. We have to take a stand with God. And many of us are doing that. Amen. But if some of us are not doing it, we need to ask the Lord to help us to stand with him. The second point, point number two. It says, look at verse 11. And it was so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So we see the battle fighting. Joshua's fighting. Moses, he has the rod. The battle's going on all night. I mean, all day. And he's getting weary. He's getting tired. So the rod is, don't you see it in your mind's eyes? It's coming down. And every time his hand was lowered, his hand was lowered, the enemy prevailed. So what does the Bible say? Look at verse 12. It says, but Moses' hands became, notice it says hands. You guys see it? I'm going somewhere. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Stop right there. If we are not to lose ground, we're going to have to sit on the stone. You know what stone I'm talking about? I'm talking about the stone that the builders rejected. Who has become the chief cornerstone. If we are to win the battle, not lose ground, we must rest on the Lord. I decided a long time ago, I'm going to rest on the Lord. It was a time in my life where I struggled. I was inconsistent. Man, I've decided I'm going to rest on the Lord. 
I've decided that I'm not losing no more ground. I'm not going to allow the enemy to trick me in lusting or pornography or any other mess that's causing me to delay from doing God's work. Amen. Amen. Don't lose no more ground, brothers. Don't lose no more ground. Don't give ground to the enemy. Stand with the Lord. Sit on the stone. And lastly, we need the support to be supported by other godly men. I'm in the text to be part of 12. Look at what it says. It says, and he sat on it and Aaron and her supported his hands. One on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. If we are not to lose ground, my brothers, we're doing it today. We are going to need one another. I'm in the book. The Bible says, if you have a fault, confess it one to another. If you guys are struggling with anything, there's enough brother, godly brothers in here that will hold up your hands. Confess it. You're losing ground. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need to be accountable one to another. Some of us be hiding our sin. No, expose it. Why? God uses the exposure in order to get us to what? Surrender. That's the point I'm trying to make. The key to every battle to not lose ground is this. It's in the text. The Bible says he, they held his hands up. Hold your hands up. This is the universal key to winning all spiritual battles for the men of God, the women of God. We must surrender all to the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's the key, brothers. I ain't got nothing deep. It's simple. The key to all battles that we encounter spiritually is to surrender to the Lord. Don't surrender some. Surrender all. You see brothers in the church, they have one, one hand up. They have a little bit of hand up. They have a little midget hand up. Man, stretch them out and surrender to the Lord. God wants each and every one of us to know today we don't have to lose no ground because he has already mapped it out in the life of Moses. We need one another to hold each other up so we can hold our hands up so we can be lifted up so we can look up because our why? Because our redemption draws nigh. Amen. What a great reminder to be steadfast. We must be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're not working for no one else. We're not laboring for no one else, but for the prize of the high calling in Christ. I press toward the mark of the high calling, forgetting what all things which are behind and pressing forward. You know who the prize is, right? The prize is Jesus. 
When we see him face to face, you want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We already have the victory. The battle's already won. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, my brothers. Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. Let's go to verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Guess what? Even in the New Testament, God wants us to what? Stand. He don't want no cowards. He don't want no chumps. He don't want no scary cats in the kingdom. We're relying on him totally. Notice what it says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual, the spiritual hosts of, of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. He wants us to have a repel like resolve. He wants us to withstand the enemy by standing with him. You do know God will fight your battle, right? You do know the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm actually in the Bible. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Second Kings, and I'm almost done. Second Kings. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you guys for your prayers. Amen. I know God is using each and every one of you when y'all prayed prior, during, and right now. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Amen. Here we go. You guys there? All right. This is Elisha. Here we go. Second Kings chapter six, verse uh, eight, verse eight through 17. If you want to write it down, you can read it in your leisure. It's a great read, but we're going to read it right now. Amen. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he and he consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such in such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you do not pass this place for Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus, he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us 
is for the king of Israel? You know, he, he thought he had a spy in the camp. Here we go. Verse 12. And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send him, send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses, chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servants of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, at last, my master, what shall we do? Verse 16. So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is a great picture, brothers. I don't care how intense the battle get. I don't care how many enemies that come up against you. The Lord is with you. If the Lord is with you, who can stand against you? Who's going to stand? No one. You can close your Bibles, brothers. You know what? No. Let's go to 1 Peter. I'm sorry. Let's go to 1 Peter, brother. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. I got to give it all to you. As my daddy would say, he a country preacher. He said, he said, give him both barrels, son. I got to give you both barrels tonight. Amen. <laughs> first Corinthians chapter five, verse eight. I mean, first Peter chapter five, first Peter chapter five, verse eight. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks around about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are, are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Don't get a pity party. You're not the only one suffering for Christ. Put your head down, plow the field, and give God the glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O God, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. Thank you for teaching us with the word of God, how we are not to lose ground in the name of the Lord. We pray, oh God, that you equip every saint of God, every man of God, every boy, every child, everyone, everywhere, your church, Father. We ask, oh God, that you would encourage us, strengthen us to lean and depend on you, to trust in you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and not lean to our own understanding. In all our way, acknowledge you as you direct our path. Deliver, Father. Heal, Father. Strengthen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.